this message into this into this session father holy spirit just interpret this word so people understand what you want them to understand god father just do what you do father show them comfort correction conviction restoration and this discipleship father we thank you, Father, that you have allowed us to freely, without any type of restriction, be able to open your word, speak about your word in the way that needs to be done so that we can get your message the way you want to deliver it to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for you being a part of this message, helping us, guiding us, leading us, and directing us in your ways and in your word according to your translation and your interpretation into our hearts. Only way this can be done is by having that Holy Spirit talk to us. The lifeblood of Christianity. The beginning of the church. The supernatural movement of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you for everyone who watches and listens to this message about to happen. For them to get what you want them to have out of it. And bless their homes. Bless their lives. Bless their jobs. Bless their coming and going here there and fro near and fro bless them father bless their finances bless their homes bless their lives bless their health bless all of them the way you bless them and in their situations and how they're living their lives father for you to do what you do for them i thank you father i ask you to lead guide and direct me as i bring this message according to how you want me to bring it i have nothing you have it all I'm just the vessel. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen, amen, and amen. Good day, everybody. Good day, good day. Hope everyone's having a good day in Jesus by way of that wonderful Holy Spirit. Whether I'm catching you in the morning when you're waking up, no matter what part of the world you're in, whether you're waking up, getting up, having some breakfast, uh, having some coffee, stirring, getting ready for a long day, maybe of errands, maybe of uh, chores, maybe of activities, or even work, just getting up, getting ready, or you are 
halfway through your day. You've been maybe you've been through some challenges. Maybe you've been through some stuff, but you're seeing God do His thing with you throughout the time that you've been awake and moving along, and you're getting through that thing they call that midday madness, or you're ending your day. You're resting with your family, friends, those who are close to, those who you live with, having some dinner, whatever the case may be, having a bite to eat, resting, and you just want a really good, motivating, inspiring, ghost talk message. Whenever, however, whatever you're in right now, you're now tuned into the Blue Book, presented to you by Pentecost Ministries, and hosted by your boy Blue. Hope everyone out there is blessed today. Hope everyone out there is is uh, just seeing what God is doing in your lives as an individual. It's all on an individual basis. Um, remember one thing, what is right is not what is popular. So the things that are being done right are not going to be popular. They're going to be right. And we have to understand that the right over, always over and above the wrong. Okay? There's a wrong way to do things and there's a right way to do things. The wrong way is usually the most popular because within what you want done. The right way is the way it's supposed to be done, the way that it's been done since day one. It ain't popular because it's not your will. It's his will. But it's got to get done. So we have to learn to adapt to certain things in life. Learn to adapt to how things roll in life. may not be popular, but it's the right way to doing things. And it keeps sustainable nature moving the way it's supposed to move. Remember one thing, you cannot stop people from doing what they want to do. They have free will. What you can do is put things in place to help people through what they're going through. You can put things in place to navigate people in a way that may be better for them. You don't know their situations. What you do know is that if they tell you, cry to you, have sympathy, empathy, or have ghost talk with them. Inspiring, godly words with them. Very important. People need to be uplifted. Okay? Before we get into the message today, we always do one special, special, special thing, and that is the pledge. Okay? To my right, to my side here, I have the flag. Which is right there. See it? Right there. Okay. We always say the pledge because that's the most unrestricted, unified flag in the entire world. Not one flag is the same. Not one flag can represent the same. So we say the pledge. This is the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag, the real Jesus Christian flag, and to the Savior for whom kingdom it stands. Okay? One Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again, with life, liberty, to all those who believe. Very good. So, if you happen to have your Bibles, whether you get it on your iPhone, Android, computer, uh, desktop, laptop, or you just have the good word itself, which I have right here, okay? The gospel, the good news, okay? I'd like for you to reference it. We're going to be in the Old Testament. One scripture, all we need. One scripture. There may be more inside the inside the scriptures to expand on, but all we need is one. Just a touch. That's all we need. Okay. We're going to be in Proverbs, and we're going to be in Proverbs chapter three, verse five. 
Okay? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Okay? Will we go further up or down in Scripture? We may, depending on what we need to talk about and what God leads us. The Holy Spirit is in control of this, not me. I'm just going to go from out what, what, what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. Okay? So, that's where we start. Let's see where it goes. So, again, if you have your Bibles, however you get it, whether it's technology or the text, Proverbs 3.5. Some of you that are listening to us or um, are watching this may, in fact, know what that is. It's a very well-known scripture to most people who read the Bible or not have any knowledge of the Bible. Um, but we're going to be we're, we're talking about it today. Okay? Now, I myself have the Amplified Version. I'm an Amplified Believer. I am an Amplified Jesus Christian, Pentecost. Um, I like words. I like meanings. I like being able to get the full meaning of what it's trying to say in different different words. Uh, whatever version of the Bible you have, fantastic. God reaches you through that. That is 100% okay. Um, the better way, better he can get to you, the better. So we have several different versions of the, of the Bible on in on this. Uh, and we will go through them. If anything is worded differently, maybe different in some way, we'll address it as we go through. Okay? So. So. Proverbs 3, 5. What does it mean? Okay? Well, this is what it means. This is among the most often quoted verses of the entire Bible. Most often quoted verses of the entire Bible. Okay? Solomon offers sound advice for life. Sound advice. Gotta have advice. Human understanding is always subject to error. We gotta understand that our understanding has errors in it. We don't comprehend everything all the time. And what we may understand to be the truth may not be really the truth. It may be our version of the truth because we're human-minded erred. God's version is unerroded truth. You understand? Okay. So... What appears to be right, the right choice, choice may be the wrong choice. Like I said, right and wrong. Okay, what's right doesn't always appear to be what's right to you or to God. Okay, you have to understand the difference between right and wrong. Kind of like, kind of like um, sense. You know, common sense and general sense. Common sense one time meant everyone generally thought this way, um, but that's not the case as much anymore. People have their own version of what sense is. So, I like to refer to it as general sense. Generally speaking, this happens. Generally speaking, that happens. Why? Because it's general. It means it's not so common, but it's something that should be sustained at some point as a medium in sense. Okay? So, the wrong choice and a right choice. Good and bad. Pretty much simple stuff. But the Lord sees the big picture and he always knows what is best for us. He sees everything. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for you. Not every, No one else on this planet knows what God knows about you. About you. So he's going to choose and, and guide you in the way that he feels is best for you. You have no control over that. You choose what you choose. But if you're in the promise and you're focused on God... He's going to give you what he feels is best for you. The point here is not to be mindless or naive. Rather be what the other. We need to recognize our own limitations. You cannot be naive to believe that you can do everything all the time. There are limitations in life. I know that for myself. I have myself have my limitations. There are certain things that I cannot do that I may be used to do. Um, 
One, maybe partaking certain things, I used to be able to do much more. I miss, I used to, when I was in high school, I used to be able to run a mile without stopping. Now I barely get down the block and I'm winded. You know, there's things that, as age and as time goes on that you cannot do as a human being. There are limitations. We cannot be naive and, and mindless to believe that we can do everything. We have limitations on things we can do. There is a reason why things are the way they are. Okay? I myself can't do certain things um even in my adult even even at my age i'm like dude i can't do this i can't do that i can't do this not because i don't want to but because my body my human doesn't have that ability anymore and i have to learn to accept that rather than put myself in a situation where i don't care how old i am i don't care how what physical condition i am i'm still going to do it and you do it and you get hurt or something bad happens to you or the worst happens to you and you wonder why did that happen well you're you're naive and you're stubborn you're mindless and you did it. You got to know your body. You got to know how far you can take yourself. You got to listen to this vessel you have that God has given you your body on what you can do. Now, there are people who, you know, are obsessed with their weight, obsessed with their eating, obsessed with their um, with, uh, going to the gym, obsessed with anything to do with your body. Okay, you push yourself. Yes, that is a mentality we used to have. We used to push ourselves to the absolute maximum and... No regrets. Well, yeah, you know, th- that's not a that's not a problem until it affects you on a level where you're you get sick. Okay, that's like now we have this nasty nasty virus out there. Okay, that is hits everyone extremely differently. We don't know who's going to get hit what, and a lot of people want to make a blanket statement that they're saying, okay, well, you know, everyone should do this. Well, not necessarily. A lot of people are different, and we got to know our limitations. We got to know what we can do, what we can't do. And the sad thing would be is if we all did something that we thought was the right thing to do and you didn't listen to your inner self and then what happens? You get sick. You may even be fatal. All because you did what what, what generally is supposed to be done upon popular society. Popular society isn't the gospel. Popular society is what goes on the earth. The gospel is what God tells you to do and you listen to your inner Holy Ghost. That gives you the proper deal. Okay? Just because we're in over our heads doesn't mean God's no longer in control. Just because you have taken this crazy, like I said, you take it to a far level, doesn't mean God's in control. Is you gotta tune into God. God is gonna tell you what you need to do and what you don't need to do. If, but if you're not tuned into him, how are you supposed to know this? How are you supposed to understand this if you're not tuned into God? Tell me that one. I just do me. I just do what I feel is right. Well, that's not God. That's not godly. Godly is praying, talking to God. Godly is listening to your God voice. Because the closer, you, okay. This is how this is how you listen to your God voice. Okay, this is how you listen to the God voice. The closer you get to God, the more understandable God gets in your spirit, in your mind. The further away, the harder it is to hear Him. People. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord, if you have a walk with the Lord or not. I don't know that. What I do know is me. The closer I get to him, the more I hear him. The further away and the more I do me, the less I hear him. Not that he's not talking to me, but it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Because he's going to let you do what you want to do until you realize that you have made mistakes. And then you're going to come back to him. And that's why God says he's married to a backslider. Because we all backslide and do what we want to do at some period of time over and over again. It's not that we're sinning so much as it is that we're doing what we want to do. Doing what you want to do and not listening to God not necessarily is not necessarily a sin. You have your you have your choice. 
But if you break God's law or God's Ten Commandments or you don't show love, you don't show compassion, you don't show these things, of course there are some things that are going to regard, mostly going to regard as sin. But just because you do your own thing doesn't mean you're necessarily sinning. What it means is that you're not listening to Him. You may work for a time period, but don't be absent-minded and stubborn to believe that your way is always the right way. And you and people wonder why things happen. Well, because you're doing your own thing. God's going to diminish that real slight voice the further away you get from Him. And when you when you realize this, of course you're going to come back and you ask God, "Hey, God, any forgiveness? I didn't listen to you." You know, bad things have happened. I wonder why. God's always in control, but He's not. He's not going to let. He's not going to force Himself on you. Okay. The following verses add insights to this instruction, and that is in Proverbs three six through twelve. That's after the three five. So there's going to be a lot of good stuff afterwards. We might even jump into that. Abram or Abraham could not see how everything would work out for the best when the Lord commanded him to slay his own son Isaac on Mount. Noron. That's in Genesis 2, 1, 2, 2. You gotta understand that Abraham trusted God completely. Okay? And he didn't understand why God would proposition him to go up to the top of the mountain and to sacrifice his own son. Why the Lord would, and why would that be the best? If killing my son, why would that? And what people don't understand about that, and it's not, you gotta take out the grimson part of that, the barbaric part of that. Take that part out. This is about God testing Abraham to a level of complete dismay. This is hurting Abraham that he has to go because of God and take his own, his own son's life to prove to God. That he that he is focused. That is the ultimate test in most cases is to take your own family's life because God said to. Now, did he do it? No. He was right there. He was going to do it and God stopped him. Why? Because God didn't want him to do it. He wanted to see how far he could take him and how, in God's mentality, how obedient Abraham was going to be to God up until the midnight hour. Mmm. Don't you see that? It isn't about the barbaricness of the quest. Although that was what's running through Abraham's head. He was like, man, I got to do this. I got to murder my own kid to get your approval, to get you to understand how much I love you. I got to take my son's life. Barbarically, he was thinking, this is wrong. I don't see how this is going to be good. But spiritually, it was never going to happen. It was never going to happen. What was going to happen is God wanted to see how far Abraham was going to take it. And if he was willing to take his own son's life for the sake of God. How committed are you to the Lord to the point of barbaric decisions? Are you ready to take it all the way there and believe God? Well, not always. Because there are some things that you don't feel God, it's not your understanding. That's wrong. God should have never done that to him. God is wrong for doing that. Well, maybe in a carnal mind you're thinking, yeah, absolutely. But not in a spiritual mind. In a spiritual mind you're thinking, God was testing him to the absolute brink of his own sanity. And he stopped him. He says, no, you don't have to do that. Now I know how much you love me. Because you're willing to go there. Now some people think that's completely, completely ridiculous and ungodly for God to do that. And you, can, you have the right to think that if you want to. Problem is, is that... I, most Jesus Christians or Pentecost 
know what that was for. We understand why he did that. He didn't take his life, no harm, no foul. In other words, it was a luring lesson for Abraham to God. Okay? But he trusted the Lord with all his heart. So he was going to do it regardless. He, in his mind, he was going to go up there, rap. The Lord had promised Abraham that he would establish his covenant with Isaac and his descendants, as in, as in Genesis 17, 19. So Abraham believed that. If necessary, the Lord would raise Isaac from the dead. That's in Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. So he even promised him, if you do it, I'm going to raise him up because you're obedient to me. So he still had assurance. He just didn't, the act was something of barbaricness he didn't want to do. He didn't, ah, no, 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 no. At Mount Marah, Marah, I guess it's Marah, Abraham tied Isaac to the altar and raised a knife to plunge into Isaac's chest. And when the Lord intervened and substituted a ram for Isaac, substituted a ram for Isaac, as in Genesis 2, 9 through 14, the Lord did not disappoint Abraham's wholehearted trust. Mm -mm -mm. He substituted Ram for his son so he wouldn't have to kill his son. Because it was a test for Abraham. Nor will he disappoint us if we trust in him with all our heart. It was a point of trust. Do you trust God all the way to the point of what you what, what God himself said not to do to fulfill what God wants you to fulfill tough question not many can answer that one not many are on board for that it takes a psalm somebody strong in the Lord somebody strong in the Lord to do that and depending on your calling too obviously not every situation is going to be that barbaric to that point but there's going to be times where you're going to be dealt with some tough cards. Tough cards. Tough cards. And you're going to have to be put to that test in your situation regarding your family, your friends, your people, those you care about. There might be a situation where you're like, I don't want to do that, but you got to trust in the Lord. Our understanding may need time to catch up with His will, but in the end, we will know. We will see how it always works for the good. You have to understand. We're back to that same analogy again. We don't understand what God's doing. We don't understand why He's doing it. But afterwards, we fully get it. Afterwards, we're like, oh, now I get it. It's trusting the Lord in the time of our fret that matters. Do you have enough faith to get through it and trust me? Then to just fold and give up. And seek other avenues because you don't trust the Lord. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so Proverbs 3 5. Let's, let's get into the book. 3 5. <clears throat> Lean on. Lean on. Trust in. And be confident in the Lord with all of your heart. Every beat of your heart. Your whole lean, trust, rely, whatever. With your whole heart and mind, this in this, this pumps the body, this controls the it controls the thinking, belief, logic, all that stuff. Heart and mind, believe in heart and mind, whole heart and mind, and do not, do not rely on your own understanding or your own insight. 
Do not rely on your own insight or own understanding because your understanding is not God's understanding. Let's go further. Proverbs 3.6 In all your ways know, in all of your ways, all your ways know, recognize, recognize, and acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, regardless of His work, family, personal, public, all your ways. Acknowledge Him. Know, recognize, and acknowledge Him. And He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. He will correct what you're doing and make it plain to you after you get through what you're going through after whatever it is that you're dealing with whatever it may be he will make it plain he will make it plain all your ways okay problem 37 be not wise in your own eyes don't be wise in your own eyes Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. Proverbs 8.13 Let's go to Proverbs 8.13 Let's see what it says. Proverbs 8.13 The reverent fear and the worship awe of the Lord includes the hatred of evil pride, ignorance, and evil ways and perverted and twisted speech I hate. Okay. So, here we go with this hate thing again. God is giving you a theological thesaurus word in the word hate. Okay. This does not mean literally hated. Because hating is taking having all truth erased. Okay. If you hate something, you're having all the truth Erased. H-A-T-E. Having all truth erased. Okay? When you talk with evil, with pride, with arrogance, with evil ways, perverted and twisted speech, okay, you're taking the truth out of it. There's no truth in evil, prideful, arrogant, in evil, perverted and twisted. There's no truth in that. Okay? There's no truth. So he uses the word hate to theologically get you to think, hey, I need to turn totally away from this because there's no truth in this. So he uses the word hate because he wants you to understand that truth does not reside in this. You can say you hurt for people who do this. You can say you you uh, you rather not be involved with people doing this because this is not the Lord's way. But the word hate is having all truth erased. So when you talk about this type of stuff, you need to understand that he doesn't really want you to have the hatred in you for it. He don't want you to feel that hatred in you for that or have any hatred in you. He wants you to turn yourself away from this. Understand what it means. This is very important for all the people out there who, who continue to say that there's hate in the Bible. Yes, the word hate is in the Bible. That's not 
That is not uh, debatable. What's debatable, or a point I'm trying to make here, is that it's not that he wants hatred in you. He wants you to look at it like there's no truth in that. I don't need to be be, be from it. Don't hate it. Because people have evil, pride, arrogant, evil speech, perverted, and twisted speech all over the place. It happens everywhere. You can see it when you walk out your door practically. You ain't supposed to hate the person or hate it. Just don't be a part of it. Turn away from it. But don't have the hate in your heart for it because that's not godly. God does not say, this is... If he is, if God is preaching love, peace, and accountability, where in the world does hate come into that? It doesn't come into that. Because Jesus hated nothing. He had no hatred in him. When you have the Holy Spirit, you can't hate anything. You feel bad for things. You, you, uh, you pray for things. You have empathy or maybe sympathy. But you don't have hate because hate is not of God. So when you say hate in the Bible, it's not the fact that he wants you to hate. It's the fact that he wants you to turn away from it. He wants you to put a label on it. That has no truth in it. All truth is erased out of that. I'm turning away. Isn't that what you're saying? Hate? Well, yes, but no. It's This is why it's a theological thesaurus word. Because when you put the hate seed in you, you erase a portion of God out of you. You understand that? Because hate cannot live in a, in, in, in a godly presence. It's all glory. It's all light. You cannot have hate in there. So he wants you to mentally look at it as uh, having all truth erased. The visual, I can't be a part of that. I can't listen to that. That's nonsense. But he's not telling you to literally hate it. He's telling you to turn away from it. Don't let the hate get in you. If you turn away and you move on, God bless you. I hope your life is good, blah, 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 blah. And you keep it pushing. You're not going to hate anything. You're just going to turn away from it because it's having all truth erased. It's the figurative, not the literal. Does that make sense? It's not. It's figurative. Theological thesaurus word. Figurative, not literal. Because if you put hate in you, I hate this and I hate that and I hate this. You're removing a piece of God out of you to put hate in you. And God wants you to forgive everybody. He wants you to have forgiveness for everything and move forward in Him. How do you do that when you're like, I hate evil? Well, God doesn't hate evil. God feels bad for evil because evil's going to lose in the end. If you didn't know the ending, of course you're going to hate it because you don't want part of it. But you don't hate things. Hate has no place in the kingdom of heaven. Figurative, not literal. Make sense? Hope so. Okay? So, Again, Proverbs 8.13 The reverent fear and worship of the Lord includes the hatred of evil. Theological thesaurus word for hatred. Turn away. Having all truth erased. He does not really want you to have hatred. I know it says it. I know what the Bible says. It's right in front of me. I'm reading it out of the Bible. I know what it says. It's a figurative movement. Have hatred for evil pride. That speech I hate. Having all truth through race. Stay away from it. I don't want you to have hatred in your heart. But if the only way I can get you to understand. 
Like, if you're a parent and you're trying to teach your child now what's right and what's wrong and they do something you know you're trying so I'm trying to get you to understand how do I speak to you how do I speak to you to to get you to understand what I'm trying to say because obviously something is not clicking here a good parent figures it out a bad parent just gives you a spanking without really understanding what's going on this discipline by 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 force rather than understand what is going on I've told you over and over again something is not right here something's not clicking I gotta find a way to communicate to my child that that they understand that this is the wrong way to go. They've done this over and over and over again. And a child who does wrong over and over and over again, there is a reason why that child is doing it. And if you don't sit down and don't listen and don't try to figure it out, all you're gonna do is keep giving them more beatings, thinking that's gonna be the right way to go. And yes, I'm I'm all for discipline on the butt. I'm all for disciplining your child. I was disciplined. It, it's it's not wrong. What's wrong is you not taking the time with your kid to understand why they do wrong all the time, and it's the same it's the same error every time. There's something else going on. A good parent figures it out, listens, watches, gets advice from people who know what they're talking about, and and does this thing. Okay, so when you're trying to tell your child this, you're trying to tell the child. The right and wrong ways of doing things, and if they do the wrong thing over and over again, you gotta speak a different language. You gotta find a different way of communication. The same thing with this. God is trying to teach His children that these things—the pride, the arrogance, the perverted, and the twisted—is not right. He's trying to tell us that. The problem is, the problem is, is that for most of us, the only way we translate turning away from something or despising something of, of negativity is the word hate. Hate is the strongest word of opposition of God. So if he tells you the word hate, some or most people are going to translate in their brain as saying, horrible, stay away, don't do it. But what he's trying to really say to you as a parent, God as a parent, is just turn away from it. Have figurative or figurative hate for it in other words you know it's not true you know it's a bunch of nonsense keep it pushing don't hate the person or hate the sinner just turn away from the sin move forward move away from it and what happens is people get that better it it registers better and then you then, then you move forward okay so anyhow do not be wise. This is, we're, going, we're going back into Proverbs 3.7. Don't be wise in your own revelant fear of worship and understanding. And turn entirely away from... See, there it is. Right there. I'm, it can't be more obvious. It's right there. It's right in the Word. Okay? And turn entirely away from evil. And we were in Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs 3.8. It shall be health to your nerves and and stews and marrow and moisturizing to your bones. In other words, it's going to make you healthy. It'll keep you preserved. Another way of theologically thesaurus wording it, obviously, that's hard to understand if you're not holy spirited in this. Shall be health to your nerves and snooze and marrow and moisturizing to your bones. Now, honestly, is, is the word of God going to moisturize your bones? Is it going to be 
Is it going to be marrowed to your bones? Literally, no. Literally, that's what you'd call a theological thesaurus explanation of that. What it's telling you, the Holy Spirit, thank you, Holy Spirit, what it's telling you is that it's going to bring health to your mind and body if you just leave it alone. Hatred, there's no health in hatred. But if you turn entirely away from it and move forward, and probably people are like, okay, turn entirely away from it. I just don't understand what that means. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. And then he gives you Proverbs 8.13. You go with that, it drops the word hate on you. Like, oh, entirely means figuratively hated. It makes sense if you're in the Holy Spirit. If you're not in the Holy Spirit, you're reading this literally, it's not gonna, it's, you're not going to get anything I just said to you. But if you're in the Holy Spirit and you understand the concepts of what he's trying to say, the Bible is all Holy Spirit filled. And if you have to look deeper than what the words say to understand the concept of what he's saying. Simple as that. Okay? So let's see. Proverbs 8, 3, Proverbs 3, 5. What else is there on this? Okay, so we're going to the American Standard Version of this. Trust in Jehovah with all thy heart and lean not upon thy own understanding. Pretty simple. Same stuff. Ah, okay, the Bible in basic English. Put all your hope in God, not looking to your your reason for support. And that's pretty good. That's pretty on it. Okay. <laughs> Another one, Common English Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not or don't rely on your own intelligence. That's pretty good. Uh, the Darby translation says, Confine in Jehovah with all thy heart and lean not into your own intelligence. Okay, that's good. Good. The Good News translation says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. I like that translation. Good News translation says it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. There you go. Another reason why different translations bring different wording and understanding to this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's see here. What else is there? Okay, here we go. This one is the... I don't know how to pay this Bible. The Sepagint Bible. Very different. Trust in God with all thy heart and be not exalted in thine own wisdom. In other words, just because you think you know something, don't think you're, you know everything. Don't be, don't, don't be, don't go, oh, I got it all figured out. The Message Bible says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. That's pretty basic. Right there. Message Bible. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Try, don't try to figure everything out on your own. Unbelievable. It's good stuff. Okay, here we go. Okay, the New Revised Standard Version. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. There you go. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. Understanding. Another one. The Dorsey Realms Catholic Bible says, Have confidence in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not upon thy own prudence. What prudence means? Understanding. That's another word for, another word for understanding. Prudence. So, when you say, have confidence in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not upon thy own prudence, that means don't, don't rely on your own thinking or your own understanding. It's not going to work. Another word for it. Very nice. Very nice. Okay? The Wycliffe version says, have 
Have thou trust in the Lord and all thy heart, and lean thou not on thy prudence or understanding. Uh, and, it, and on the next line, it just tells you the same thing, but understanding is prudence. Very nice. Okay, the, the, Young's, the Young's literal translation says, Trust unto Jehovah with all thy heart, and unto thy own understanding lean not. So just flip the words around. So instead of saying, lean not on your own understanding, this is lean unto thine own understanding, lean not. Very good. So, let's see. What, is, what does it say in other words? Let's see here. So, basically, if I'm reading this properly, okay, so the NLT, New Living Translation says, Trust the Lord with all, all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Like the word, don't depend on it. Most of them, the NIV, the National Version, the English Standard Version, the Kenyan Version, the New, the New American Standard Bible, and the CSB all say pretty much the same thing in the same words. Lean not thine own heart and lean not on the own thing. Do not lean, lean not, do not rely. But the New Living Translation says do not depend. <clears throat> the point of all that is to get you to understand no matter what version of the Bible you use, God will speak to you however he needs to reach you. When you read the Bible, if because I have it amplified, doesn't mean that every other one's wrong, which is totally ungodly to believe that. Everyone has a different understanding. Again, theological thesaurus words all over the place. The way he words things, the way it was translated when it was written, God has a way of reaching his children the way he needs to reach them, however he needs to reach them. It doesn't matter. See what I'm saying? Very important stuff to understand. Okay, so, in closing, fantastic. The ch this chapter of Proverbs addressed to Solomon's son. The term, my son, occurs 15 times uh, 15 times in chapters 1 through 7. Okay? The words may apply to one Solomon students. Okay, wait a minute. Why? why? Yeah. Okay. Solomon students in his court or one of the, his biological sons. The application of wisdom in Proverbs 3 shows the benefits of trusting in the Lord and the whole heart and one's whole heart. So basically, what this is trying to say is that this is an example of trusting God up, even up to the barbaricness of a decision. And I mean, I use barbaric because some things are just too brutal for us to comprehend. But God sometimes will take you to the absolute brink where an unthinkable act may be committed, but you trust in God so much that you're willing to go all the way to that point and trust God's going to take care of you. That's the example it's trying to give to you right here. Solomon's credits uh, obedience to and trust in God for longevity, success, guidance, health, reward that exceeds monetary wealth, enjoyment, peace, security, confidence, excitement, and human relations. All that good stuff. How better can you get longevity, success, guidance, health, reward, exceeds monetary wealth, that exceeds monetary wealth, enjoyment, peace, security, confidence, and excellent human relations okay so let's, let's let's break this down god has longevity has success guidance and health longevity success guidance and health now the reward exceeds monetary monetary is just a tool we consider it everything but it's a, just a tool used to get what you need the reward is well, uh, 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 was, is enjoyment, P, 
peace, security, confidence, and excellent human relations. That exceeds wealth. When you have enjoyment in what you do, money cannot buy that. When you have peace in your heart, you have no condemnation, no con- nothing hanging, no, no, no weight on your shoulders. That's peace. That money can't buy that. Security, knowing things are fine. God got us. We're good. Our doors are locked. If we need them, we go outside. We know we have security. We know we have protection. That exceeds money. Confidence. Confidence is way beyond money. Confidence means you can you have a you have it in your heart to do anything you want to do. Beautiful stuff. And excellent human relations. Being able to talk to people and relate to people and understand people and talk and have that ghost talk with people. That's very important. The Lord's blessing and favor and honor. Having that blessing, favor, and honor in the Lord. I mean, you're doing the right thing. You're praying. You're seeking His His guidance. You're letting Him control what goes on. Mm. As with all Proverbs, biblical or otherwise, their purpose is to impart general wisdom. Not common wisdom. General wisdom. Not absolute prophecy. Wisdom, not prophecy. We're giving you the, the, the wise ways out of it. We're not going to give you prophecy because prophecy is a different thing than just general wisdom. Like the original audience, modern readers are not expected to see these guidelines as absolute guarantees for any one person. Everyone's different. Even from then to now, everyone is different. Not one person deals the same thing. Just like I said in a previous message, we all have fingers. All of us have fingers. But you only have your fingerprint. Only you have your fingerprint. You understand that? We all have fingers. Some less, some just alike. Hands are different, but we all have fingers. We all have toes. But our print is different. Not one person is the same. So, what I'm trying to say is that just because... It's modern doesn't mean it changes from the past. It's the same thing. Like the original audience, modern readers are not expected to see the guidelines as absolute guarantees for any one person. Nothing is the only thing guaranteed is that salvation will come to you if you ask it into your heart and guide it. There it is. There it is. My goodness. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. <clears throat> So, so, so wonderful. Oh, goodness. God does some wonderful things. I'm telling you right now. Some wonderful words, some wonderful message. Trust in the Lord. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm saying in this message. Is trust in the Lord. We have got to come to a point where we work on, and it's never going to be perfected, but you work on, Daily, trusting God through even the most toughest situations. Because He is going to prove Himself every time. Sometimes early, never late. What is late to you is not late to the Lord. Sometimes you're just waiting for your faith to kick in so you so you can make a move. He will prove Himself to you. Not one person I have knowledge of who I or anyone else I know has ever told someone, put God to the test, test him. They tested him and he didn't come through. Not one person I know. 
Because God is faithful. God will take care of what God's taken care of. Let go and let God trust in the Lord. I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of the Blue Book today. I pray for everyone out there right now dealing with anything, dealing with trust issues, dealing with with God on stuff that you just are personal situations, family, work, finances, trusting God to get you through those situations, relying on the Lord. Father, I ask you right now to put your Holy Spirit in. Spin that Holy Spirit around in their spirit. Give them comfort. Their families, their friends, anyone they're close to, their home, their vehicles. Holy Spirit, just do what you do. Be a part of their lives the way you are a part. Make it happen for them, Father. Make it happen for them. Show them that you're real. When they put their trust into you, you show them that you got it covered. You got it covered. That's all that matters. You have it covered. Father, I thank you for all you do. Thank you for everything you do for everyone, all the time, every day, 24-7. Call upon you. You get it done. I ask you to grow the faiths in every single one listening and watching and those who haven't. For them to also grow faith in you, Father. All you need is a mustard seed and you can move mountains. That's the most important thing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for hearing a wonderful word. Trust in the Lord. We must trust in Him. It's hard. It's difficult. But it can be done. And it needs to be done. We need to trust the Lord. Okay? Much love to you guys. Uh, The encore version of this will be available 24-7 on demand on bluebook.com. Um... I'll post a link on Facebook. I'll post a link on uh, on Instagram and social media alike, so you guys can go back to the uh, the encore and listen to what's been said today. Um, I have to have a strong burden in my heart to just tell everyone out there: it's not God not doing it; it's people in error. People are in error to the Holy Spirit. People are not getting healed. People are not getting blessed. People are not getting the things that they're asking for. Because the ones who are administering the, whole, the, 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 the gospel are not, are not Holy Spirited. They're not in that. They're giving you positive. They're giving you maybe a little bit of motivation. <clears throat> but they're not giving you conviction, correction, restoration. Deliverance and supernatural gifts and miracles and 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 revivals only happen when the holy spirit is able to move freely through people and they're open to these things can it happen when you're not open to it well i mean there's nothing impossible for god but it's so much easier when you're sitting there and you're part of a congregation or you're listening to a minister on social media or on TV or whatever the case is and the Holy Spirit's just flowing and he can just, his faith is so strong in that Holy Spirit that things just happen. And that is what we need. We need more ministers who have the Holy Spirit movement in them that can really make things happen. Jesus himself didn't have to be in your presence for him to heal you because his Holy Spirit was so strong that all you needed is a little belief and it would happen. He had all of it. 
So he wanted you to do what you do. He's able to walk on water, turn water to wine, blind eyes, deaf ears, lame walk, and the list goes on, all the things he was able to do because he has so much Holy Spirit wrapped up in him. He contained it. He was able to do so much. We need to have a little bit of that, just a little bit of that to make that thing happen. So I encourage those who are out there listening, watching, whatever the case may be, however the case may be, find a Holy Spirited, powerful minister that's obe- that, that's, that loves the Holy Spirit and is obedient to God. Yeah, I don't like the word obedience. I don't think the obedience word relates to Jesus at all. I think the obedience word is for God because God wants you obedient to Him. The law of God is obedience. The love of Jesus is your is your salvation. Okay? Much love to you guys. Remember, fear, respect God. Follow Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit flow through you like a rushing river. Until next time. Until next time. And until next time. <laughs> Jesus. Strong. Burn it up.